Hey guys, welcome to the Fellowship Greenville Students Podcast. This week, JJ Bunny helps us understand what James has to say about godly wisdom versus earthly wisdom. Follow along and we hope you enjoy the message. Guys, I want you to go ahead and just guess what book we're going to be in today. James, the Bible. Somebody said the Bible. I just want a valiant effort, but it's actually a more specific book in the Bible. You're not wrong, but more specific book in the Bible. We're in the book of James once again. Um, and I know I've heard from some of my small group members. Um, some of them have said that this is a really long series, JJ. We've never been in a series for this long. Um, I think before this, probably like the longest series we've ever been in in middle school is probably like six weeks. Um, and this has definitely been at least that long at this point, and we are not, uh, we can, there's no sight of the end yet. Um, It's going to be in January, but I just want you guys to know, this is a really beautiful thing that we're able to do. Um, I want you guys to appreciate this series, because going through a book of the Bible from start to finish, um, that's how it was given to us. That's how the Bible was given to us. And so when we are able to do this, as a middle school congregation, we're actually able to understand a lot more of what the author intends for us to mean. And we're actually able to see patterns and the way he draw, James draws stuff that he said earlier in the book and the way that he connects that to stuff and foreshadows stuff that he will say later in the book. And if you have not seen that yet, I think you'll be able to see some of that today as we go through it. But as you guys know, James... We've been in it for a while. James is giving us really practical advice for our faith. Remember, he is trying to make it as easy as possible for us to look and just go, as a believer, if I claim belief in Jesus, this is what my life needs to look like. And he gives us a lot of words of wisdom in this book that we can um, use to guide us in our faith and in our walks of faith. Remember, we've talked about a couple different things. We talked about faith and works and how our faith should reflect our works. He says faith is dead without works, which can kind of be scary at first. But when you look further, he's just saying that like our faith needs to be portrayed in our lives too. It can't just be something we proclaim, but something we actually portray. And in he talks about taming the tongue and how important that is. He actually mentions in two different places Um, how important it is to control what you're saying. And he talks about how the tongue is like a small member, but it can control big trajectory in our faith. But this passage, I think, may be one of the most practical ones yet. Not Not because it's any more important than the other things. I think they're all, they all have equal importance, but this one is just, has to do with something that we do every day. And not that we don't speak every day. Taming the tongue every day is important. Working in our faith, having works in our faith is important. But every day. But some of those things we don't really think about until James kind of lays them out there for us. And then we're like, oh, yeah, I probably do say some things that I probably shouldn't say sometimes. Or, oh, yeah, like my faith does need to be more practical. But this one I think we all desire. And this passage is going to help us make good decisions. And that may be like a little over practical. You may be like, JJ, that's not how the Bible works. It doesn't just give you a clear answer all the time. But this time, I think it kind of does. It gives us a pretty clear, flat out answer. Um, 
that we are able to explore through James's words. And at the end of the day, all of us desire to make good decisions. All of us want to make good decisions. And I don't know why that is. I don't exa- know exactly why that is. That may be because growing up as you guys were going to school and as we were like headed out for school or like go to hang out with our friends, our mom would like say like, make good decisions on the way out. Or like maybe your dad does it and you're like, what do you think I'm about to go do? Um, but like, like what do you, uh, but that's not incriminating, right? It's just like a reminder. So then if you're about to make a bad decision, you just like hear their little voice in your head, make good decisions. And that like, it's kind of echoing in your head. It's like kind of a good reminder. Maybe that's the reason we desire to make good decisions. Maybe a part of it is that society puts a lot of pressure on us to make good decisions. They say that our decisions matter a lot, and if we control our future, and so if we don't make good decisions now, then we are going to be in a really bad place in the future. Bad decisions now means bad future. Good decisions now means good future. And I think some of that is true. I think some of that, the importance of our decisions is emphasized in that, but I think it overemphasizes our um, say in our future. I think there is some grace that comes grace and mercy that comes with the gospel that we wouldn't otherwise experience. And we are kind of free, like our decisions really still do matter. And James will hit that in just a second. But like, it doesn't mean that we, um, it doesn't mean that we control our destiny. Like God still has way more say in our future than we do. And so a lot of the pressure is taken off with that. Like, we don't have to necessarily worry about making all the right decisions all the time because God's got it under control. But at the end of the day, that doesn't take away our desire to make good decisions. We still want to make good decisions because we do want to be successful. We do want to um, be able to have good friends. We do want to um, have the good effects of good decisions. And so in order to make good decisions, we have to know how. And that is what James is going to be talking about in this passage. So James 3, 13 through 18 is where we will be today. I'll give you guys a second to flip there. Maybe you're already there. You're like, we did James 3, 1 through 12 last week. So I knew that's what we were, where we were going to be. Well, good job. Um, verse 13. If everybody's there, I'm going to go ahead and read. Who is wise and understanding among you? By his good conduct, let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast and be false to the truth. This is not the wisdom that comes down from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder and every vile practice. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable. Gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. And a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. So let's break this down. James seems to be doing a similar thing to what he's done in the past. Remember, we have, what I was saying is when we look at a book as a whole, you can see that there are patterns in the way a author writes. And James right here seems to be pulling back from what he was talking about with faith and works. But this time he's talking about wisdom and works. 
the wisdom of the world, he, he contrasts two pieces of wisdom, wisdom of the earth, earthly wisdom, and wisdom from above, wisdom from God. And so when he's talking about wisdom from the world, he says that wisdom from the world relies on eloquent words and sounding good, but it doesn't have any of the practice there. But what he says about wisdom from above, in verse 13, see, he says, who is wise and understanding among you? By his good conduct, let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. Let him show his works. So this seems to be the same kind of thing, the same way that faith is dead without works. It seems he's saying wisdom is dead without works. Or at the very least, wisdom is earthly without works. Wisdom is earthly without works. And that is not the kind of wisdom we want because he says it is not only earthly, but that kind of wisdom is unspiritual and demonic. Those are some harsh words. So if we're reading this, we want to desperately avoid that kind of wisdom. And so how do we avoid that kind of wisdom? Well, James is going to give us a few things to help us out. But first, I think... At the end of the day, similar to what he's communicating in verse 13, I think James would define wisdom, very simple definition. I don't know if he would have used these words, but as practical knowledge or wisdom or knowledge applied, right? Yeah. Wisdom is applied knowledge, okay? So if you have knowledge and you can just say it all the time, but then when you actually look at your life, You may sound good, but when you look at your life, none of that knowledge is being applied to the way you live. You just enjoy telling other people about that stuff. That's the wisdom of the world. And James is saying that's not the kind of wisdom we desire. Wise people do wise things. They don't only say wise things. But what is this true wisdom? How how do we know know if the things we are saying and doing, even if we're doing, like, trying to practice our wisdom and trying to practice that in our like everyday life and our actions, how do we know that it is true wisdom or wisdom from above, as James says? I think he gives us, he gives us a lot of aspects about this true wisdom, but I want to focus on three. First, true wisdom, true wisdom comes from a pure heart. True wisdom comes from a pure heart. If someone claims to be wise, but is actually saying things that sound wise, or may sound like eloquent, or they may be very crafty with their words, we see this a lot, a lot in politics, right? People are really crafty with their words. A lot of the people who get a lot of the attention are crafty with their words. But then when you actually look at their life, their knowledge is not applied. Like James says, And it doesn't come from a pure heart. We actually see that like a lot of these people have their own agendas at play. They're not worried about like what is pure and what is good. They're just worried about like if I can say this and this person is going to do what I want, then I'm going to say it. But at the end of the day, if our wisdom is pure, that means it desires the will of God. Because that is the only thing that is pure. Our own will is not pure, but if we are constantly desiring the will of God, that's the first step in knowing if you are practicing true wisdom. Am I desiring the will of God or am I desiring something selfish? 
Am I desiring to look good? Who is getting the glory from what I'm saying and doing? The next thing I think James says about wisdom is true wisdom produces good fruit. True wisdom produces good fruit. Let's look at verse 17 again. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. So you can see James, like, towards the end says something about good fruits, but pretty much the whole time he's listing good fruits, right? And what, if that sounds like a weird thing, like what are fruits from words? But basically it's just like good things. Often that's used to describe spiritual things. Galatians 5 talks about the fruits of the spirit. It talks about love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Those are good things, good things of God. And if that is what our wise word or wise actions are accomplishing, then it is true wisdom. Because those things are in in accordance with the will of God. So in order for you to know if true wisdom is being practiced, you have to not only desire the will of God in what you're saying and doing, but it actually has to be like, you actually have to be playing into the will of God. Because if you just desire it and everything you're doing is like, that doesn't seem right. Like, that, that doesn't mean anything. Like, your desire is not everything. Desire is big. Your pure heart is very important. But actually doing the things that are in accordance with the will of God, producing good fruit is important. And the third and final um, thing James says about true wisdom is true wisdom makes peace. In verse 18, we see this. He says, and a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. Here it says that a harvest of righteousness, a harvest of good things, of purity, is, har- is sown by those who make peace. So if you look at your own life and you look at the actions and the things you are saying, and they are actually like tearing people down. Trust me, I've been in middle school before. I know the banter that goes on, especially at sports practice. There's all kinds of trash talk. Coming back from the weekend, football teams lost. Well, I know what happens. If, if your words and your actions are actually tearing people down or even dividing people from each other, being divisive, creating disunity, Those are not words of wisdom. Maybe not at all. They're definitely not words of true wisdom or actions of true wisdom because true wisdom makes peace. True wisdom brings people together. It creates unity. As like Proverbs says, I don't, this isn't a direct quotation, but Proverbs says when a word of wisdom is spoken gently, it can drastically change the effects of a conflict. It can drastically change the trajectory of a conversation. Key word, spoken gently. Wisdom isn't just something we throw at people like snowballs. But it's actually something like we offer to people. Like, hey, like, you're getting really, really upset in this conversation and just like, Offering a word of wisdom in that moment 
can actually calm the whole thing down and actually bring people back together when they were spreading and spreading and spreading apart. But at the end of the day, James is saying wisdom is applied knowledge. Wisdom is this applied knowledge. True wisdom consists of these things, but wisdom is applied knowledge. You can't just talk the talk. You've got to walk the walk. How many of you guys are like sports fans? Wow, like four of you? Okay, there's a ton over here. Okay. Yeah, not many of the girls. That's okay. How many of you guys like football specifically? Maybe I'll get more hands on that one. Okay, so, and most of you who watch football probably have a specific team that you're a fan of. For me, it is the Buffalo Bills. Bills Mafia. Yeah, come on. My dad's in the back. He's been a Bills Mafia member for a very long time. <laughs> don't, don't do it, Zach. Don't. Um, but we have, we love watching the games on Sundays, and there's a lot of things that make someone a fan. You know, they wear the clothes, they know the team, they watch the games. But I think even more than all of that, a true fan of a team, they really care about the results of the game. May, not that they let their emotions control them during the game. I'm guilty of that sometimes. But that they actually care about the results of the game. Like if their team loses and they're just like indifferent, they're like, oh, well. Like, do you even care? Like, are you a fan or do you just like claim fanhood of this team? Because if you are a true fan of your team, you want them to win the Super Bowl or the national championship or whatever. You want them to be the champions. You desire for them to do well. But if you guys ever met one of those fans who's not a fan, oh boy. And they will talk it up when they beat your team, right? They will talk it up when they beat your team. But as soon as you say something about their team, they're like, oh, I don't really care. I don't really care. Like, I'm not really like, like as soon as their team loses, like this is what we usually call like bandwagons, right? They're like, oh yeah, they lose. It doesn't matter to me. I haven't watched a game in like a couple years. Like, that's not like a fan. And they, but on those days when they're winning, they could talk endlessly, endlessly about their team. They know all the facts. They know all the scores. They know all the players. They can talk the talk, but they don't walk the walk. James is saying if we do that same thing in our walk with Christ and in the way we use wisdom, then we're not, we're not going to be wise people. At the end of the day, we're just going to be people who know how to sound really good when we speak. And is that really worth anything? No, that's right. I don't know who said that. Um, and you might be sitting in your chair, and you might be thinking like, hey, JJ, bro, why do I need to be wise? Like, I'm 11, 12, 13, 14. I go to school, go to sports practice maybe. I, my parents drive me everywhere. I don't even have to decide what I'm eating for dinner. Got a pretty simple life. It's nice. I'm living the dream. Like, why do I need to know to be wise? Like, why do I need to have wisdom? Because I don't make big decisions. And yeah, like, sometimes we think of wisdom like this thing that, like, only guys like Master Ugwe, Kung Fu Panda fans out there, like Master Ugwe or, like, Yoda or Gandalf, like these characters who are like really old and long gray beards and they're like, yes, I am wise. 
Like that, that's often how we think of wisdom because they have a lot of weight on their shoulders and they've lived a long life. But wisdom does not just matter in the big things. And I think if you're asking yourself that and you're like, why do I need to be wise? I think what James would say is like wisdom matters now because one day it's going to matter in the big things way more. You know, like wisdom may not seem like it matters that much now, but like James is calling this, calling for this to be a spiritual discipline. James is not just saying that wisdom's either something like you have or you don't have. If you're not wise, sorry about it. Like, that's not what James is saying. James desires for every person who reads this to be like, wow, I need to seek the wisdom from above. The wisdom that comes from a pure heart, that produces good fruit, that makes peace. I need to seek that kind of wisdom. And even if it is in those little decisions, even if it's just what you're saying at practice or what you are doing at school, what kind of integrity you have, maybe deciding how much time you're going to spend on that little thing in your pocket. You know, like, those are the kind of decisions that may seem very small in the moment, but when you actually seek wisdom from above, seek wisdom from God, say wise things, act wisely in those little things, you'll find that when you are making those big decisions, it's way easier to practice that same wisdom because you've done it before. Maybe not to that capacity, it's still intimidating, but making big decisions is so much easier when you start in the small things. I think James would say, start now. Start now. Because one day, when you do have to make a lot more big decisions, and maybe you're making some big decisions now, but one day you definitely will be. And when you're making those big decisions one day, it's going to be a lot easier if you started when you were 11, 12, 13, 14 and not waited until something big was on the plate to try to figure it out. Wisdom is far more than a trait that you have. Wisdom is a spiritual discipline. Engage in it. Start now. Seek the wisdom from above, the true wisdom that God gives us when we ask. And you will be thankful you did one day. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for um, just the end of what can be a long week at this time in the year. Um, school is picking up, trying to pack everything in before Thanksgiving break. It's getting towards the end of the year, and I think everybody's just tired. Lord, I pray that you just give them strength um, for these last two days of school they got before they got Thanksgiving break. Some of them got the whole week off. Um, let them just rest and let them be filled with your wisdom as they make decisions that may seem small, or may seem big. But Lord, reveal your wisdom to them and give them the strength and self-control to act in wisdom and to speak in wisdom every day. Be with us as we go, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen.